Would you bow your heads in prayer? Lord, we uh, thank you that each week you invite us into your house to be with your family, to hear your word. Grant, Lord, that we would hear that word today, and then we would take it with us out into the crossroads. In your name we pray, amen. Now, I was in Kroger over here the other day on Sweetwater, and as I was walking through the store, I realized they were making their in-store announcements in Spanish. And that's not uncommon, is it? You know, I remember it used to be that you would hear other people talking other languages when you'd go to Disney World, but now you can be just about anywhere around here, right? You can hear people in Japanese or Chinese or Spanish or Hindi or some other language. Because that's what happens at crossroads. People from different languages and different nations and different cultures, different religions, cross paths. And by by different religions, I'm not talking about different brands of Christianity. I'm not talking Lutheran, Catholic, Baptist. I'm talking about other religions. They're here. We've got Islam, the big big place over over there, right? We've got... Judaism, we got Mormonism, we got Jehovah's Witness. I know they're kind of Christian cults, but they're still not Christianity. There's Buddhism, it's it's all here in our community. A lot of different ideas, a lot of different messages, a lot of different philosophies meet in this place. So that, you know, you might say that crossroads, last week we talked about crossroads are busy places. Well, crossroads are noisy places. How many of you have been in a restaurant here like Linda and I were at recently where it was so loud and there were so many conversations going on in the restaurant that we couldn't hear each other across the table from each other? And it makes you kind of wonder in this noisy place, With all these messages, how do you and I know if we're hearing the right message? God's message. And in the midst of all that din of of ideas and messages that are out there, how can we be sure that others are hearing our message? Well, I think maybe we can learn something from the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians, from the strategy that he took when he, when he came to uh, Corinthians. It's, it's there in the, the next Bible verse that comes up. He said, uh, and I, when I came to you, brothers, I, I did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. He, he determined to keep it, keep one simple message. Maybe that needs to be our philosophy, to stick with one simple message, the message of the cross. Now I'm going to tell you something about that message. The message of the cross is not in tune with the world. It doesn't harmonize. Now, have you ever heard 
Have you ever heard somebody play a note out of tune? Can you do that for me? A chord. A chord, okay. You can hear it, can't you? It doesn't sound right. And you have to understand, that's the way the message of the cross sounds to the world. Like a discord. Out of tune. It's, it's not the message that the world wants to hear. In fact, St. Paul, he says here in our text, he says, Jews... This is true in his day. Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom, but we don't offer that. We preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Greeks. And I I want you to think about that, a stumbling block to Jews. You know, for a, a Jewish person, for somebody to be crucified was a sure sign that that person had been cursed by God. In fact, the Scriptures themselves say it, Deuteronomy, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. And so for them, it was a real stumbling block. So imagine, imagine if you came in here and an electric chair was sitting here. And I told you the guy executed in that chair was the Savior. Now you understand how offensive it was the Jews. It's a stumbling block. The Greeks, the Gentiles, those who were not Jews, they just thought it was crazy. How can you believe in a God who would punish people? How can you believe in, a, in, in something like the resurrection of the dead? That is a, that's crazy, they said. We get a lot of that same reaction today, don't we? From people. All the science there is in the world, all the discoveries. How can you Christians still believe in that superstitious mumbo jumbo? And how could a God of love create a place like hell? And what father in his right mind would give up his son for his enemies? You know the things that people say. But the truth is, sometimes, sometimes you and I stumble over the cross, too. Because you understand something. The simple message of the cross means that there is something seriously, seriously wrong with you and me. The simple message of the cross requires that we confess that we are sinners, which, you know, when we just make a generic, I, a poor and miserable sinner, but that becomes harder when it's something specific you have to admit to and say, I was wrong. So, yeah. The message of the cross is not in tune with the world. In fact, the message of the cross will never, get that, will never be in tune with the world. Paul learned that the hard way. 
He was invited to preach. Before he got to Corinth, he was, he was in Athens, and he was, in, <clears throat> he was invited to preach in the Areopagus. To put it in terms we might understand, that was the Carnegie Hall of Greek philosophers. This was like the place to be invited to preach in the Roman world. And boy, Paul preached one lofty sermon. It's so good that they used to have us study it at the seminary. I mean, he tried to be culturally relevant. He flattered them, told them how religious they were. He quoted Greek poets and Greek philosophers, and it was going great until he had to start. He couldn't avoid talking about the death and resurrection of Jesus. And then they laughed him out of town. They laughed at him. They thought, this guy is nuts. Paul learned something very, very important. He tells us in, in 1 Corinthians 1, verse 17, he says, uh, I learned that, yeah, God sent me to preach the gospel, but not with, not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied. Of its power. Paul learned that all his eloquence, all his ability didn't change anybody's lives. The only thing that can do that is the very message that they find out of tune, that you and I sometimes find out of tune, the simple message of the cross. And so that's why Paul, when he gets to Corinth after leaving Athens, what does he say? He says, I did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. He left all that in Athens. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified, and I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest on the wisdom of men, but in the power of of God. See, the heart of our faith and our witness must always be the simple message of the cross. That's the key to life and ministry at the crossroads. Because you see, it's in the message of the cross that God most clearly makes himself known. And what we mean, and what, we, what the God we meet at the cross of Jesus Christ is unlike every other so-called God that people worship in this world. Every other God, every other religion prescribes things for you and me to do, prescribes a way for you and I to do something to make our way back to God in spite of the fact that no matter how hard we try, none of us can do that. Only in the Christian faith do we worship a God who comes down to us. comes into our world. 
Only in the Christian faith do we worship a God who pays the price himself for our failures. Only the God of the Bible does for us what we can't do. Makes a way for us to come back to him. See, the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. We preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles, but to those who are called, both Jews and, Je- and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, the wisdom of God. What, is, what does God show you about himself at the cross? He shows you there just how much he loves you. God demonstrates his own love for us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And I was thinking, what, what would be a great illustration at this point? And I realized Jesus provided it. He said it in John 15. No greater love has any man than this, than that a man lay down his life for his friends. And then Jesus says, and you are my friends. That's what Jesus did for you at the cross. And that's how he shows you just how much he loves you. See, it's only through the message of the cross that God changes lives. Changes your life, my life, the life of others. I, one of, I love the verses that, that from 1 Corinthians chapter 1 where Paul kind of describes how, how the cross has changed the life of the Corinthians. He says, consider your calling. He doesn't really compliment them, okay? He says, consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise, according to worldly standards. Not many of you were powerful. Not many were of noble birth, but God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human, none of you, none of us, can boast in the presence of God. We all have to say it's his doing. Because of him, this is the change, you are in Christ Jesus, who, has, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. You know, uh, you really want to see what a difference the message of the cross makes? Go to a Christian funeral. Should have been here yesterday if you weren't. Time of grief and pain. We Christians do the strangest thing. We sing. And yesterday we sang, Come thou fount of every blessing, amazing grace, praise God from whom all blood. We sang praise. Isn't that amazing? 
The cross of Jesus Christ turns our mourning into dancing, our crying into singing. Because yesterday we knew that because of the cross of Christ, God had granted to Louis Matula the victory of life everlasting. Our tears were for us, not for him. We were singing for him. You know, I had uh, Sue play a discordant note. I share with you at the beginning that, um, that uh, the message of the cross is not in tune with this world. I'll tell you something about this instrument here. Over time and use, it gets out of tune. Not just with other instruments, but with itself, right? And so I don't know if you know this, every once or twice a year, two times a year, we have to have somebody come in and tune the piano. Well, folks, that's what living at the crossroads does to you and me. Living as sinners in a sinful world, we get out of tune with God. And when that happens, just like that piano, we get out of tune with each other, and sometimes we get way out of tune. And so God brings us back here to speak to us the simple message of the cross. The simple message of his love and forgiveness in Christ. And then he, he feeds us with bread and wine and gives us his body and blood. And he does all that to bring us back into tune with him and with each other. So that we can go out and he can use you and me to bring others into tune with him. See, that's the reason, folks. That's why our one mission here in Sugarland at the crossroads is to make known, to preach, and to teach one simple message. The message of Jesus Christ and him crucified. Amen? Amen? Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life that is everlasting. Amen.